Today is June 28th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Naganago, Mekoche, Chistakomaki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is she is uh, Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. My name is Dekots Nogotini Siku, and my people wore rabbit skin, so it's been referred to as the land of the hair people. Uh, I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Klincho Tine Indahe and Satu Dene, meaning many big dog town, named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having a Canadian Indian Act and Post status card, which is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2SLGBTQ community and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of imposed trauma, imposed poverty, racism, gendered violence, and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share my journey as I walk down my red road. As a Dene woman who's attempted to run, uh, joined harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow for incarceration, a denial of justice, a denial of health services, racism, child apprehension, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have worked to continue reports to advocate for an attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today, and I hope we honor the many Indigenous lives lost for this so-called country named Canada. I hope you all see your role in the importance of stopping harm and as a citizen, see your role in reconciliation and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never just be one month. It is important to understand that the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on this land by Christian outsiders. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. It's also important that Land acknowledgements have that meaning. I encourage everyone to introduce themselves with an acknowledgement of their ancestors, stories of displacement, how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a Canadian citizen, a refugee or other lands displacement. So we as indigenous people know how safe you are to be around. If you don't know how to pronounce your local indigenous nations names, won't say your pronouns, your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, imposed economic oppression or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community, my family, and of course myself. Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, show me you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. Jesse Winty's book Unreconciled explains it perfectly, as do many Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism, but it would be a part of a treaty partnership and meaningful reconciliation and honoring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People.
I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S. Canadian uh, border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Gainai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Good Stony, Wesley, uh, the Chiniki, and the Bears Paw Nations of the Stony Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nations, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for already showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or questions. Also, giving a review helps whatever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcast and pin posts on social media. And I'm so happy to introduce a returning guest and friend, uh, Matt Ashcroft, to our podcast. And Matt, would you like to introduce yourself in your way? Hello, um, I'm Matt Ashcroft. I go by he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm a settler on Treaty 13, Takarado, uh, the Haudenosaunee, the Mississaugas of the Credit, uh, the Wendat, the Dish with One Spoon. Um, and love the idea of the community aspect with this was one spoon. And I really try to do my advocacy as like a community, not as like a leader, but as a community, because I feel like that's the type of advocacy that I want to do. Sure. We'll touch more on that. Yeah, that sounds great. Where would you like to start? We're, I mean, you and I have been uh, crazy going from like Twitter now into this TikTok world, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, let's let's give a let's give a little background on how we know each other. Yeah. So we, so so for those who haven't tuned in earlier episodes, like two episodes ago. <laughs> we've been we've been friends for a very long time and it's it's not that i just like knew you for the sake of knowing uh, knowing you it's like we're among the same friends doing the same thing across canada with partners and we all did it together and we all did it as a community it was like um like some did more work some like i put my heart and soul in it um but uh, some did different work some did more research some did more policy but um but i did like i did a lot of awareness at the time and i was doing a lot of awareness on twitter and i was doing a lot of awareness on facebook and instagram and then i had a friend ask me about tiktok and now we can get <laughs> now we can discuss tiktok right my goodness I, yeah so just to give people an idea like 
you know, um, obviously you and I are both very much in solidarity when it comes to gendered violence, spiritual abuse. Uh, for folks who don't know, Matt has been one of the leading voices when it comes to conversion therapy and, and the abuse that comes with it. Um, so obviously since 20, 2015, as a liberal, you know, we've been trying to make positive changes for LGBTQ2+. And then, you know, here we have this issue that I, I actually feel so much kindred um, uh, spirits with you because of what the church has done to us as Indigenous people, and then what the church has done to you to try to make you straight. And honestly, that's what residential schools were, right? Like you were segregated, and uh, you were forced to uh, be sexually abused, physically abused, and uh, told to be straight, and and all, all of these awful things. What it, what awful human beings we were, you know, while they were perpetuating their abuse and, you know, Canada being just like, oh, the RCMP or the church would never do anything like that. And uh, of course, um, you know, that midnight um, policy change on Stephen Harper exonerated the Catholic Church from any of the uh, funds that they were supposed to give us by uh, the court system. So, you know, I, um, I have nothing but contempt for for Stephen Harper, anyone from his team, and uh, and until we have more meaningful reconciliation from that team, I will, you know, door knock in Stephen Harper's old writing for the Calgary Heritage candidate that's running right now. Uh, e Day is coming up here, and we're gonna have a heck of a stampede and some fun while we basically talk about positive politics and some substantially great changes we've made as a party, as opposed to those other teams who are embedded in hate. And you and I, uh, another commonality that we have is that as I'm an Indigenous woman, you are a Black gay man in Toronto, and yet we experience racism all the time from people who actually think they're progressive, which sucks. So yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about how you ended up going on TikTok and how this experience has been for you? I went, so I went on TikTok originally to find survivors of conversion therapy. Sure. That's, that's, that was my work before. That was my work during. That is my work now. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I do. Sure. And I've been, uh, and I've been doing it forever. And so I was trying to find more people, trying to see if I can boost my following, at least get some, uh, uh, a, a, lo a loyal following. And I was at, 16,000 which is like okay that was cool I, I did not expect that at all <laughs> but it and then it just got too much about following and not about relationship yeah and the like the only reason why that I'm known in my community is because I put myself out there and I show up to places and like even pride for me, like pride for me was more work than it was fun. I didn't have I, I a lot of time because I was like either fighting with street preachers or I was showing up <laughs> at, um, at the pride parade. And that's an interesting story that we'll touch on later. Um, but Altogether, it was all I 
tried to do during the the months that you were witnessing it was to get allies to minorities to show up Mm -hmm. to show up to give to give with their finances and um instead i had people say that i was gatekeeping what an ally is you damn right i'm gatekeeping that's what that's what allyship is it's you have to ask everybody in the community what an ally is and not just the people that you like or the people that will agree with you yeah yeah, no, I, uh, so just conversely, because it's Indigenous Awareness uh, Month, I've been stupidly busy and also putting up with people who like to think they're an ally, but obviously are not. Like when we tell them this is really problematic, you know, and the way they react and, and such, it, it's like, you know, you can't claim that you're in solidarity with somebody if you're not listening to them and you're not trying to do better when they say you've, com- you know, committed harm to me, to other people, whatever it is that they've done. And I I just find that you and I are constantly rolling our eyes or maybe finding a mutual uh, video that is like, yes, this guy gets it. Why is this so hard for for folks to understand what allyship is? So yeah, go ahead and and tell me some of your thoughts on that. So so in the beginning, like in the beginning, uh, I with with the whole situation that I was on TikTok, um, I noticed that people were a little too friendly with these white nationalists, like almost yeah. to the point of flirty. Yeah. And and that's when I was starting to have concerns because it seemed more about the following that they had on social media and who was watching it more than like like being a part of those communities like it or or listening to the concerns or showing up or like i don't understand how somebody can show up on social media but they can't show up in real life yeah, I know. I think that's kind of the point. Like when I uh, took the TikTok, uh, the National Screen Institution, you know, they sponsored me and a few Indigenous folks to to do this like programming. And the biggest thing I learned was that basically most people just have these incredible productions and personas that are on TikTok. And, you know, so, and you and I, obviously, long before that, we've met on Twitter, we've met on other social media. And, um, you know, so this is a a new type of app for us. And what I'm finding is that people are, you know, trying to be something they're not, like they're not maybe in community, but they advocate for that community, which is great. Like we need folks to do that, no question. But I mean, if you're in the Calgary area and we're saying, hey, there's this protest, can you come? And you actually can never come at a certain point, then yeah, there's, you're not actually acting, right? So allies are, are active, right? They're, they're doing the work. And, um, you know, I struggle with that, even with the reconciliation action group where, you know, I have this one settler that does the majority of the work. And a lot of folks, like, there's, basically two of us indigenous women in it and I just find it's her and I talking a lot with them witnessing 
and not a lot of action, right? Like the, their idea of action is very different than my idea of action. Their idea of action also includes us sharing our culture with them when we like, that's, that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for policy change sometimes, right? So there needs to be more actual work done, more, um, you know, making that phone call, making those emails, making sure we have people on our, you know, more work. So conversely for your um, community, and I like to say my community in the sense that I, I only try to uh, assist as I'm told. Uh, but that bigger picture is that because I advocate for missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit, Two-Spirit are our 2S LGBTQ2+. That's who they are. And Canada, if they would get behind the TRC and the National Inquiry Report, we would we would be solving like that bigger picture of racism and that bigger picture of gendered violence. But no, they don't want to include Indigenous. So they made a whole new separate report on gendered violence and an action plan for it. And it's like, well, then you're excluding us on purpose. Like you're, you're, you're saying that on purpose. So we're, we're really, I'm struggling to try to get that voice of, you know, a, we're, we're having a genocide as Indigenous people and our 2S are the most targeted and and most likely to go missing murdered die of overdose or suicide and canada seems to be just a-okay with it like they are all the rest of the regular day racism and when we say no don't do that that's racist our allies are like putting more effort into being offended and hurt <laughs> and wanting an, an apology than just doing the work of anti-racism you know, it's it's not hard to empathize. So when I was on TikTok and, and that that entire thing happened, um I was pretty scared because yeah. it was it was like it, what it felt like it was like 20 white people were after me and I was like or 19 and one black guy. <laughs> <laughs> And and um, and that black guy is not even understanding that he is being used for this bigger agenda. Yeah. Um, altogether, it's just we can all look at things from a racist lens. Um, and to define racism uh, as per my course, an ism is a system. Racism is a system that oppresses a race. So how is those folks contributing that system by trying to silence me, an activist that has been doing this longer than them? Yeah, I know. It's really uh, disappointing. I, if, if people put more effort into actually tackling uh, systemic issues, imagine how much further we would get than tacking each other as individuals. But they um, I, I, I know, you know, it's that unchecked racism and, you know, back to the black guy, obviously, you know, all people can be racist. Some of the worst racism I get are from people of color who are, you know, in the a proximity of whiteness, right. Who haven't undone, undone this, um, thinking that as long as I act white, talk white, be white, I, I will be accepted into the community. And I can promise you that is never the case ever. Because I tried doing that for the first 30 years of my life and it didn't work. 
right? Um, I still experienced racism and sexism when giving birth to my daughter. And the more I just, I'm honest and unpack it, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. And people read, I, I was horrified to read the story yesterday on Twitter about a little boy who was, uh, I want to say, Koshua, Ontario, I can't remember the name offhand, but uh, was denied the bathroom. And of course, he peed and, um, you know, embarrassed, of course, that trauma will be forever. And, um, and, and I'm just so tired of this. The only reason why they discriminated against him is because he's, he's a little native boy. If that was a little white boy, he probably would have been allowed to use that washroom. So you know, it, it's, this has to end. And yet it, I, obviously the people in power really like power. So, um, and I'm really feeling that here in Calgary because um, our Black Lives Matter activists, Taylor McNally and Adora Nufar have been uh, really gone after by the legal system and by policing. And they've actually charged one of our black activists with a hate crime when she was the one who was trying to keep this um, white nationalist from your area who was flown here by funded by I don't know who other than conservative hate groups to come out and and uh, terrorize our children in school and the police are totally cool with that happening like imagine me being transported to go to uh, a Toronto hospital or Toronto um, school to harass children like how in in what god's name is that okay but he was white so that's the only thing uh, i can make sense of why it is he was allowed to do that it's so frustrating yeah. and like the, the the struggle that i had with tiktok is those people that were considered allies will never show up to those events and and help make those situations happen right 100% of the time right right so, so it, here's this kid trying to force his way into the school and the moms who have children in the school are like uh no now they're charging oh that's not even just a hate crime but sexual assault too and this is all on video there's no sexual assault like it, it's it's just so wild to me that you know we can have nazis screaming hate and they will never get charged because they're white but one of our black moms all of a sudden she's problematic and getting a sexual assault charge getting a hate crimes i'm like you guys can't seem to prove hate crimes unless it's against people of color how is that possible unless you're just proud racist yeah that was a lot that i was getting too is like a lot of messages like you need to you need to contact your lawyer this and that and the third and i'm just like you know if my ex <laughs> like like every single racist trope yeah. every single racist trope that i've experienced over tiktok yeah like i experienced in real life as well yeah so it's like it's just i i guess it was a wake-up call that we might seem more progressive in some areas, but we have a long way to go. Oh, I know. Canada really needs to unravel their racism. 
Um, I'm really disappointed to see that. But, you know, just like I'm on Twitter or Facebook uh, or TikTok, if somebody's trying to be manipulative, sea lioning, um, you know, just I, not getting racism or sexism or oppression dynamics, I just block them because I just don't have I don't have time for their bullshit. I don't have time to read their shit and I just won't do it. So well, my because I've been on Twitter for so long, I have like tens of thousands of blocked accounts. But when I go onto TikTok, it's it's brand new. And now there's all these um, conservative bot um, trolls that are are out there just saying crap that's irrelevant, right? And um, and then some people actually glom onto that. So it's been really like I wish activism. Like, and there's room for everybody, but can we work with people and understand oppression dynamics? I've had a lot of um, ableism I've had to regularly unpack in order to do this work, Um, trying to be more um, understanding of of the issues and barriers that folks with disabilities are facing. And I try to, you know, on my Instagram, put the alt text or, or whichever in order to try to um, make that a, a safer space for folks with disabilities. But, you know, because it's not the standard, so many people don't, right? right. So there's, we all have work to do. That's not a question. But geez, I wish that, um, you know, at what point in time can I ever call somebody an ally? Because I'm just not seeing the work being it's, done by non-Indigenous on this issue of reconciliation and treaty partnership. It's it's more it's more so like who they choose to spend their company with too. It's sure. it's 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 almost like how can you champion an issue if you don't spend time with the people? <laughs> like, well, and here's the other thing. Like I I believe in that expression. If um you know there's a table of twelve and uh, a thirteenth person comes up who's a Nazi, you actually have thirteen Nazis at the table. Like that's that's for real. And so if you're spending your time with Nazis in any capacity. I I don't want you in my life. I don't want you in my circle. I don't want you in in my community. I have absolutely, you have nothing to contribute to my life. If you're going to be with folks like that, you are a Nazi. You just, you're a a Nazi sympathizer, right? Exactly. I don't care how many like debate lives or anything in that regard that you want to do with me. That's totally all right with you, whatever. But my life is not up for a debate so no. i have no idea why anybody was coming with heat to me and like being angry just because like i want to exist if you're that angry that i'm not existing something is really wrong with you unless if you're a diehard racist and you want to like tiki torch me and yeah. like burn me down yeah. because that's exactly what that's exactly what i thought i was like oh my god like yeah 15 yeah. white people and one black person, 15 white people and the other guy. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, and, and that's just it. Like it's at a certain point, these are, are really, um, yeah, I just block them so that we don't have any relationship whatsoever. And then they'll make, you know, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4. And it's like, I don't want to have a relationship with you. The, There's no nice, the I don't care how many accounts too. you make. Yeah. The yeah. fake accounts, like how many fake accounts are with them and how many fake accounts are mine? Yeah. 
they just like totally disrespected me yeah and this is all because they don't want to hear me speak for some reason and and you gotta ask yourself why yeah like there's like eventually they have to ask themselves why like what is their um yeah what is what is the reason why they want to like silence a gay black man yeah especially on an issue that they don't know about right right <clears throat> so and and that's really problematic i i just see it all the time now um you know the silencing of indigenous voices and we have like national folks who like write articles trying to uh silence indigenous people so it, it it's just exhausting i don't know i i'm really tired of it but i know like i'm not going to stop because obviously my ancestors worked far too hard for me to stop mm. right now but geez louise i wish people would stop and listen part like of i have to with others part of activism and advocacy that i like though is this idea of being angry acting up showing the world that we matter yeah and not forming to their respectability po- politics their language um we can't be wrong all the time to the point where we don't exist because if it, if that happens there there's somebody that is crossing the line a hundred percent no i i get so tired of tone policing and respectability politics like it's killing us we are dying um so many folks in the 2slgbtq2 plus community are being attacked i can't like stress this enough so this concept of respectability politics like I'm in dark enough circles where some folks are sharing, um, you know, oh, look at these three teenage girls who like literally killed Nazis during the Nazi time. And they would just be on their bike and shoot Nazis. I'm sorry, but like, we're getting attacked. At what point in time do we start fighting back? I don't know, but clearly people are not you know, they're, they're so busy trying to tone police you, tone police me, that they're not willing to see that they are now becoming the Nazi sympathizer that is protecting the Nazis, rather than just listening to what we have to say and going, you're right. It's that simple. You know, it's interesting. They, they use the words like ableist language and this and that and the third, but they have no problems with a... <laughs> white nationalists to come to somebody's home and get them attacked i know like like how 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 do you miss one and not the other right right it's just wild to me i hate being in the presence of um police and the uh and these nazis but like what else are we supposed to do just let them go into our children's school and shoot them up like it, it's just so wild to me. I can't understand like this world that we live in that the Calgary the, police just let these guys come into our city and terrorize our children like this. And it's the protesters who tried to stop them. They're getting charges over this. They they don't even think big picture. They yeah. don't think big picture of like what happens to other people. They don't think big pictures of what happens to minorities in general. Um, because they haven't experienced that. And here's the thing. I understand that the people on TikTok 
uh, the, getting a following is so exciting, right? I get it. I get. I get. Uh, I get that it's exciting to get a following, but like I got a following from sheer work. I was, um, so like uh, this weekend, I decided that I was going to march with the Liberal Party, mm. um, because mostly because uh, the Liberal Party was very much so assisting me of getting whatever I wanted with Bill C4. And I wanted to show a thank you to the Liberal Party because they they really took care of me. Mm-hmm. So so I decided that I was going to go and march with them. But like what a lot of people don't get to invites during Pride to march with this party. Um, you have to have like a special in usually to uh, get it. Well, in. maybe in Toronto where you guys have this scene, but in Calgary, I can promise you anybody who's listening, please come join us. Just sign up at liberal.ca. Come march with us. We'd be happy <laughs> to have you. <laughs> there you go. Nice yeah. plug. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was pretty high tech. It was like one of the the craziest moments that I've ever experienced in my life. But um, it was a stark difference between like like going to be around people that hate you and go and being around like what is considered quote unquote elite here in Canada or Canada loose terms. it was it was the it was the craziest experience of my life and i don't think i'll ever get an experience like that ever again <laughs> that's not true you can come march with us every year <laughs> i i felt like i i honestly felt like i was a celebrity it was kind of cool but you kind of are actually and and well, i think that's the important part about you like marching is that like this is where your community is and you are one of the prominent leaders in the community not just in toronto but nationally so it's important that people see you and see that you're still out there and that you don't let i don't know some no-name tiktoker try to like you know it all cloud cloud your glitter like it's not okay you it's know not it's okay yeah. You know, it's exactly don't run, don't unravel our pride. That was the slogan. There was, um, you know, what's interesting. You can find out a lot about who people are just by Googling them. Sure. So when you Google somebody's first and last name, you can see who is legit and you can see who's not. Yeah, so, and most people on TikTok don't even use their names. It's actually some of the most frustrating parts about being on social media in general is that like the same person will have a different persona in all their different, um, you know, media. So then like, I can't, I can't put that together in my head. You like, know, somebody we're out was, here, we're yeah. out here, out yeah. here. Me and you are out here. We're in the, our communities. We are in our respective communities. Yeah. I don't know how anybody can talk tough on the internet by staying indoors. 
Yeah. Oh, I remember when I was like learning about activism and people are like, yeah, but what are you doing in your community? Are you taking that knowledge and helping your community? And that was when I really started to get more active in my local community. Um, you know, unfortunately, my my actual community that I live in, um, it was so awful. I had a I had a community association president even threaten me for sharing events that were happening in the community. I'm like, why would you be mad that I'm sharing like this, this event that's happening? I don't know, Stampede Breakfast, whatever it was. So um, I learned real quick to not be a part of my community association and it was so unfriendly. Um, but you know, I created community in different ways with the book club or with the reconciliation action group or just you know, uh, trying, whenever I have elders tell me to jump, I just say how high, right? These are things I do. So um, you know, that's just kind of what, what we can do and as, as activists, but you have to do it locally. Like there are people that wanna march when, you know, 215 graves are found. And, you know, these are things that we have to do as a community. Um, and there are things that happen when the, like when they finally made an arrest to that serial killer, you know, like it shouldn't have been that long. It, it's insane to me that that took that long. Um, and as indigenous people, we tell people they're serial killers by Edmonton killing our women. And everybody's like, dum, 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 dum. it's okay. Right. Cause it's just native women and two spirit and it's like no it's it's a problem but until we get canadians on board it's just going to continue yeah yeah so it really yeah yes it, and it's it all all it is is like people taking just a tiny bit of uh, initiative just a tiny bit of initiative and go to the respective communities that they desperately you know they I, I find that people waste their time on making posts about things or taking pictures by people sure. instead of doing the work. Yeah, you I know, actually, I do quit. the work. Yep. If you do the work, you can meet those people. <laughs> and that is exactly true. <coughs> that is exactly really true. Yep, yep. So it's really sad. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't march with the Liberal Party because I because I, I just like them. I didn't yeah. march with them because I know what they have done for me and my community. Yeah, yeah. Which is, and, and we have a, a great, um, oh, he's a Liberal candidate that's in Lethbridge and he was a part of Lethbridge Pride. And he was a part of the uh, conversion therapy conversation as well. And I don't know if you know much about Lethbridge, really high Mormon influence, Christian influence. So, you know, it's, and even here in Calgary Forest Lawn, which is my writing, like we have a church that's still doing it, even though it's not, it's legal, both through the city, as well as mm. federally, we all know it's still happening. So it, it's, uh, it's hard. This is a really hard uh, thing to tackle. And, and now we have people that are fighting us and taking down our flags and you know, whenever we show any sort of uh, municipalities, there's a municipality that said no more um, flag raising for anything. So no more, every child matters, no more pride, no more nothing. And it's like, um, that's not how you build community folks. And it is a protected right to be LGBTQ2+. So this concept that to not raise the pride flag and to, you know, protest libraries, I, I just can't believe we're here, Matt. 
what what a year 2023 and people are protesting in front of libraries it's incredible to me like reading books like it's it's it is the most basic like are you gonna read to your child yes no then have a drag queen <laughs> like it's it's really simple you like, have to sign up to go children like, you know, that that's the whole thing. Like it's queer families or, or queer friendly families that are like, yeah, I totally want my kid to have, you know, this drag king or drag queen reading to my kid in a, you know, appropriate outfit, just like you would see, I don't know, Mrs. Doubtfire or anything else. Like it, I, I, it's incredible how um, the conservatives, how the alt, alt-right have just like perverted it in such an incredible way and it makes you think well like what is wrong with you that you would take something that really is so wholesome and just make it so ugly and oh I think the worst example I've seen I think it was out in Halifax somebody like literally took a picture of like a child's genitals and I'm like why is like you have to report this to the police immediately and and it was one of these alt-right people that we're trying to make some ridiculous point by taking pictures of children's privates and and having them on a poster and i was just like like you please tell me he's being arrested and i have yet right. to see proof of that this person is being arrested and 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 for the people that were attacking me to even like remotely tease or make fun of them that's a child you know, and, and that's what like, I mean. Like, like why are conversation they conversation over? Yeah. Why are they putting any effort to talking to you or me when they have a pedophile that's in the alt-right that they have proof of all of this? The cops are right. The cops should have swarmed that motherfucker and just immediately arrested him. Like I I where are we as a society? Yeah, I, I know. It's like <laughs> it's like, oh my god. It's like everybody is like wanting to have something to prove. Everybody wants to feel like there's somebody. But everybody Matt, wants real, to have. You were, to I would have been there. Something. Would you have like, like if there's a time you're willing to take an assault charge and punch a Nazi in the face? I think that might be the moment. Like how, how has no but like how did all of those people not go after this guy? Like I can't understand that. You don't bring. Holy cow. I like I can't even believe we have to explain this to anybody. Like what is wrong with it's, people it's, that we have to talk about this, Matt? <coughs> it's 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 upsetting because when you see the trajectories of what is happening or what I I saw this tra- trajectory ever since November. And we know historically with like with religious right, alt-right, right in general, um, the abuses that the church has to younger queer children, for example. So we we know all this happens. And then and then the anger starts, and this is all about accounts and whatever, but it's like. I don't understand how anybody can just continuously engage with individuals or befriend individuals that do that period like yeah. in like engagement over like that is like an absolute like 
I would not have anybody in my life that did that. No. Ever. No. Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even joke about it. I don't even think it's funny. Mm-mm. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. This, this, this happened to a child. Yep. And yet they call us what? Right. So yeah. disappointing. No, it's gross. Um, but you did have a good time at Pride. Pride was absolutely incredible. Like I said, I was marching with the Liberal Party. Um, it was fascinating. Everybody had an assigned RCMP officer. Yeah. Um, okay, which, well, let's unpack that a little. You know why we have to. Yeah. Because it's really unsafe. It's really unsafe that our own MPs have to be guarded while marching in pride because of how unsafe this world is now. And wh- why is it unsafe? Because allies are like, I so like to wave the rainbow flag, but right now, not. I'll just quietly be in the background while my company says, we can't put rainbow on anything or we take it out of target. I'm like, what? Right? how can you think you're an ally? Like how on earth do you think like, you're an ally? If you're not standing front and center protecting you and your community to just have a damn party one one day or, and you're no or fucking don- ally. Or donate to queer momentum. Oh. Like what you can afford. Yep. And like people that do grassroots on the ground work which is so needed yeah but but at the same time it's like those those people had a voice during the pandemic mm-hmm. and they never had a voice before and they're relying on that voice even though that they know that that particular style is dying because the real world is happening and people travel more and people go out more. Or they and... go back to work. Like it, How interesting that people were like activists for the two minutes that the pandemic sh- shut everybody in their house. Like you're, you're not an activist unless you're out there, unless you're doing that work. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong, being at home and doing letter writing and donating and doing that work behind the scene, that is doing the work too. But like, what are we seeing for the outcome? Like that, that's what I was doing during the pandemic. Well, everybody got started on TikTok. Yeah. I was, I was in, I, I was indoors writing to politicians to try to get this legislation, the, the strongest legislation in the world. Yeah. And, ah! and then it happened. And then here, and then, and then here are people trying to make fun of my accomplished accomplishments and i'm listed on td bank lol how can you make fun of my accomplishments are you listed on the bank have you has your accomplishments ever been listed on oh no (laughs) how's that for egotistical (laughs) but to be fair like what you've almost died like this is the this is the thing that they don't get. You've had to live a a a, a world and you've survived it, right? And and they they haven't had that. 
they don't understand that oppression. They don't understand what it's like. And, uh, you know, I was, when I'm rejected by family, it's not because of my um, gender, uh, gender diversity status, although in sexist Alberta it is, but you know, it's different when you're, when you're a gay person, a trans person, a lesbian, a bisexual, just somebody trying to exist in this world and your literal life is at stake. Maybe you get kicked out at 16 when you come out to your parents. You know, you've lived a very different understanding of life. And rather than supporting what you've gone through, people are attacking you. Like, I, I, I will never understand why people punch down. And especially but, when they have But I get it. Yeah. In a capitalist society, everybody wants to be at the top, but nobody's worked for it. Mm. And so that's why they punch down, because they haven't worked for it. Yeah, I guess. Holy. I mean, I mean, there is a difference. There is a there is a huge difference between because I've seen this from somebody that I used to call a friend. When you're <laughs> when you're when you're taking photos of politicians, and when you're a part of a parade because of the work that you have done and invited by politicians. There's a difference, mm. huge difference. Yeah. Like, you don't know who these people are. I know who these people are. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible, my friend. It's a learning curve that if you're like, if you're going to be a social justice warrior, be sure that you build relationships with the right people and if you fuck over the wrong people it will follow you yeah forever well you know my as a liberal we i mean we had to start rebuilding after the ignatius loss and uh you know justin came back into well came to the party as a as a, a, a leadership candidate so we've been literally door knocking and rebuilding the liberal party since 2011 and here it is 2023 and it took a lot of work in order to have the structure in place and and have elected MPs in order to pass some substantial legislation like this right so i i just for folks who who want to you know be somebody who does that really positive change it could be as simple as donating to an, a party that actually stands for you know abortion rights healthcare, uh, LGBTQ2+, whatever that looks like. But I, you know, honestly, people are so disengaged with how politics actually work. I'm not a fan of colonial politics. Don't get me wrong. I've been trying really hard within the party to talk about UNDRIP and having um, equal representation as treaty partners. And those are very difficult conversations to have. And so much so like we weren't even having a conversation about, um, you know, proportional representation because of it. And because uh, at the end of the day, as treaty partners, we should be equal. And we're not like the leg the entire Senate should have Indigenous people as far as I'm concerned and we I can agree. be electing indigenous people but I mean I've ran twice I uh, I actually had an uncle tell me because we just had the Alberta election here um, mm -hmm. he actually told my father because he's you know not having a relationship with me that uh, he could never vote for the NDP because they're pro-indigenous people and I thought so make that make sense to me 
right? And you know, as a gay man, what it's like to have people vote against, um, you know, people who are pro LGBTQ2 plus rights. So, you know, like we have that in common where it's like, if you were literally voting against my existence, how on earth could I possibly have a relationship with you? So I, I really feel like I'll, I'll probably never see that uncle again. I have no reason to even like even a funeral, if I were to be invited, why would I go? Because like I you don't even want me to exist. That's exactly my dilemma. Yeah. With my life is like is like. You know, people call me arrogant and egotistical, but it's like. When I when I was growing up, I was like severely abused yeah. by my father, um, just verbally and called all these names. It's not a long time that I have a little bit of feeling good about myself. And somehow that's that that threatens people. Somehow that's not allowed. Yeah, you're healing. And I, I tell people this in my uh, my teachings. Like, I do a land acknowledgement teaching. It's really like an Indigenous 101. But I center QT BIPOC first because those are the people who always feel uncomfortable in these conversations. And so I say, you know, when you um, have those feelings, it's because you love yourself and your boundaries have been violated. And you know that because you've had to heal and unpack your boundaries for this long, right? So for folks who have never had to deal with this trauma, of course, they don't understand why you would actually stand up for yourself because in their white savior mind, they need to save us. (laughs) It's just so wild. Right? You know, you know, the thing that I learned about this entire situation is treat people kind. You know, you never know who you could be upsetting by by the words, the actions that you're doing. Like having I'm, I'm having a conversation. I had a conversation with a government official and they were having a a conversation with another government official and we were all having this conversation and the one thing that they said was you did we you did your activism respectfully so everybody can can so we can be held accountable for things but um you, you still got everything that you wanted and we still like you after that and you know what that told me? It told me that you can speak to people kind and yeah. get whatever you want done. Yeah. yeah. And that's the reason why they still have a relationship with me. Yeah. Running into Randy Boysenall, for example, which was funny. <laughs> he's, he's a really funny guy. Um, running he's a, into Randy he's actually really sweet. He's actually really nice. Yeah, he's really sweet. And I've met his partner uh, a few times now. Really mm-hmm. wonderful fellow as well. So, you know, I, I just, um, I, I really, when we first started in 2015 and he was our 2SLGBTQ2 plus, uh, you know, representative, he, he, I just, he was so perfect for it. Now he's our tourist uh, ambassador. Uh, you know, he talks a lot about tourism in Canada. So like he's, he's obviously made for that too, but um you know, I, I had a little like with him with the way he talked to Jody Wilson Rainbow, but yeah. you know, I like it. I 
I'm always unpacking that situation because it, it never feels good. It never feels easy. And, um, you know, he showed a lot of loyalty to the party by trying to do that. And I, I still don't feel good about that, but I've seen Randy numerous times and I know his heart is in the right place for the bigger picture, but man, it sucks. It hurts knowing that she was our first justice minister and it just wasn't a safe enough space for her. Yeah. Safety is a safety is key. Yeah. Yeah. It bugs me, but you know, I think that there's a real conversation about in, indigenous inclusion that Canada hasn't had. Like we're still talking about racism that you can't advocate for yourself. I can't advocate for me um, without there being so much fucking pushback. So of course, you know, uh, you can only observe situations like Jody and, uh, and go from there. We just, we, it's, it's the people that are wanting to do the work too. Yeah. And there's layers of de- decolonizing the mind. Then yeah. some people will get it eventually. And some people takes a little bit longer. I've seen a big shift in you though, since you started university and understanding indigenous issues. And, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I was hoping I could slowly bring you down into my world, but university is really helping. And I'm really grateful that, uh, that you've been taking university courses around indigenous issues and such, because we do have so much parallels together. Well, that's, it's, it's, it's putting your money where your mouth is, right? I, 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 I decided that I was going to spend the money to learn a little bit about a culture that everybody needs to know. And I also get a credit for it too. <laughs> of course, rightfully so, especially if you're doing this. Holy. Well, I'm really glad you're going to school. Is there anything else you want to talk about today, Matt? Um, I just want for everybody uh, in here to just treat people kind, treat people better, um, show up. Um, If you are able to donate to a 2SLGBTIQ cause, um, queer.momentum. So it's uh, www.queermomentum.net. I really love what the organization does. Um, it's very refreshing to see that there is an initiative that is queer ran to make sure that Canada is a safer place for everybody Mm. and not just people that live in cities. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a real issue. We've been talking about safety for queers in Alberta and how unsafe it is. Um, but you know, we've been trying to show solidarity. So we've had so many, you know, pride flags or, or painted um, rainbows being vandalized recently. So we just repaint and we just repaint and we just repaint. And, um, you know, but it, every attack is a strong message, right? And um, which is ironic because we don't, you know, attack people for being straight. You know, we don't protest them. Like, it, it's just so insane to me. I'm straight. I'm cis. And, and the idea of somebody protesting me being say, straight and cis is still, it would be laughable because it's like this um, world is a patriarchy. It's yeah. made for my husband. Thankfully, he's my ally, but Jesus. Scary. It's, it's scary really reality. scary, right? And, and so what's going to happen to um, my children who identify as queer, right? Like, and I, I will never understand this 
this hate towards LGBTQ2+, because it, it's not like it's taking rights away from anybody. It's just mm -hmm. allowing the existence of folks who are, might be on the verge of committing suicide, of unaliving themselves because you know, of this hate. I'll, 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 I'll state this. I'll say, I think people hate to us LGBTIQ because they are afraid that they might like it. <laughs> like, so I'll tell you a funny story then I I, I have to get going. Sure. Um, so during Pride, <laughs> during Pride, <laughs> so PG-13 uh, slash rated R next, next whatever. So once upon a time, there were some street preachers and they were holding up signs like, God loves you, Jesus loves you, whatever. So, um, so I saw it on Facebook and I decided that I was going to change it to my shortest of shorts <laughs> and walk down the street and like be by them and, and start touching myself and say, oh my God, I'm so... <laughs> When I think about you, I just, I'm just yes, yes. <laughs> but for real, like, why are you so threatened? What is like, I have had amazing people in my life who are bi, who are lesbian, and I, I it's not gonna, it, it doesn't threaten me. Like that's that's the irony. Like I, I will still look for a Jason Momoa in a moment. Like. I don't like that I'm attracted to a, a Brad Pitt, especially after what he's done to Angelina Jolie. <laughs> like, that's just me. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand that threat. Um, I think, um, right. you know, I deal with a lot of Indigenous folks who will project uh, lateral violence because I think inside they still have a lot of hurt and internalized racism, and myself included. Um you know, because I try to protect my kids and realizing I'm siding with colonialism by trying to protect my kids. So, you know, it, I think that there's a lot of folks who have that internalized homophobia, and that's why they project this persona. Like, is it this young man that came out from East to terrorize our, our children at the high school? Like, he was not giving me straight vibes at all, but he was um, really being uh, coerced by the church. That was really clear. He was surrounded by uh, church people and they were giving out Bibles. That was, that was what they were doing, if you can believe that. And um, it was like, you, you do not have to go into a school during school times and hand out Bibles. Like that's disgusting. Um, right. And, and how, how the police were A-OK -okay with that, because it, they weren't just doing that. They were saying, you know, condemning the lifestyle. And this was on International Day to stop homophobia and transphobia. Yeah. Like that, they did it on that day for a reason. Wow. Right. Right. So it, it's um, it, it's deplorable. <clears throat> it's so and, deplorable. And it, like those were like the exact same with the street preachers, like like you could find all of us getting angry and like just like having this aversion that like something is wrong with us but like they're in our neighborhood yeah so yeah. like they came to us like we didn't go to them no. we don't and, and it's always them coming to us always pushing so, like, and 
And that's like, why are they so obsessed with us? I know why out of all of the people, like if they looked at my uncle always says for one finger pointing out, there's three pointing back. So if every church person went after every pedophile and every sex abuser that's in their church and they put that effort towards that, imagine how much safer this world could actually be imagine us not having a reason to hate the catholic church or or the churches in general you know because they actually took care of their own and didn't allow this abuse to continue instead they give them promotions and they send them across to another school to abuse more kids like it it's it's just wild to me how these folks think they have a leg to stand on when it comes to being uh, judgmental about who is sinning about what, and then expecting a whole other community when their community is broken already. Yeah. hundred so, percent. Yeah. All right, Matt, thanks for coming on my show. Thank you. Is, is it okay to leave? You, of course you can. Thank you for okay. coming on. Thank you. Don't be uh, till next time. I'll Mwah. see you online. Bye. Bye. <laughs> folks i hope you enjoyed uh, listening as much as i uh, loved having matt on again because i think because it's pride month and because i've i've been watching the hostilities directed at matt um and i mean here is one of our our leaders and our so-called allies absolutely doing nothing just like i'm seeing adora and taylor here in calgary just being you know butchered in the media and uh not seeing outrage like for folks who don't know there was ton of white people who were who were um uh given paid positions on these anti-racism committees all across uh the country but especially in calgary and not one of them have spoke up about how the situation is going down. It, it is disgusting, upsetting. There's no nice way to say it. So anyway, uh, for folks who don't know, I run a book club. It is open to anybody who can get on Zoom. Uh, we did the, uh, well, July is coming up and we're doing page 219 to 349 of volume 1B of the final report of Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls and Two-Spirit. August, we're doing Our Voice of Fire by Brandy Morin. Uh, September, the 113 Pathways to Justice. Uh, in October, uh, Cree lawyer Harold Johnson's book, Peace and Good Order, The Case for Indigenous Justice. November 13th, a report to guide the implementation of the National Plan on Violence Against Women and Gender-Based Violence. I don't know why we needed a separate report, considering we have the National Inquiry, but here we are. And then December, Making Space for Indigenous Feminism, edited by Joyce Green. Um, I have talked about the Reconciliation Action Group here. I just highly recommend settlers who care about treaty partnership and doing the actual work of reconciliation, holding your politicians to account, you know, join a committee, uh, start learning. And if, if you guys prefer watching videos, watch videos, whatever it takes for folks to start doing the work. Um, don't think you're an ally by just wearing an orange shirt. You're just maybe being a little respectful uh, as opposed to understanding what it's actually like to be Indigenous. Um, I'm really proud that this podcast has given solutions and included cultural safety training or cultural first aid and all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous, people of color, those with disabilities, and 2SLGBTQ to speak. Thank you, authors Chelsea Ward, Alicia Branch, 
are sorry, Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fridkin of heretohelp.dc.ca because they wrote a great piece on what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it. Their work are cultural actual uh, action tools. So please support work like that as part of your reconciliation and settler understanding. I'm just lucky enough to repeat and highlight it here. Internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized uh, people face by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. Donna Bevins at racialequitytools.org has some wonderful resource files and a, a piece on what is internalized racism, and it, it's quite extensive. And so if you have some time or money to donate, give it to, their, to uh, racialequitytools.org as well. Uh, do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. So you're on the C train and you're getting ready for stampede and you see somebody mistreating Indigenous people. This is what you do. You see a Muslim being harassed. This is what you do. Do's and don'ts for bystander intervention. So you go to afsc.org and you will see a lot of information there. Um, I wish anyone that follows me on social media would also watch uh, the City of Calgary's anti-racism organization lead um, and his presentation on the journey of becoming an anti-racism leader. Uh, it's a great video to watch and uh, you know consider it be part of your cultural understandings. And he's black if that helps you, you know, feel better about watching it. But at the end of the day, if you're not an anti-racism leader, you're a contributor to uh, perpetuating racism on these lands. Uh, Adora and Taylor have uh, gogetfunding.com bail fund legal support. I've also been sharing Adora's uh, information regularly on social media. So please financially support them as they have to go through uh, legal fees for what I think are awful charges and completely un not true uh, charges. It's really difficult for me to want to see any positive coming from all of this so-called anti-racism work we've been doing when the result is black women black mothers protecting their children are the ones being targeted with charges and not the actual hate groups that are flying people in to create terrorism i i i will never understand this moment we are here in history i hope and, that, and I'm not seeing Calgarians who claim to care about anti-racism measures speaking out. It, it's incredible to me. I, I, I don't, but, and here's the thing about that. By not speaking out, you're showing you're not an ally to me as well. You're showing me that. Now, I kind of already know that because obviously look at how like this shit show here in Calgary, but you know, you have a chance to show some support. So you should be giving it Anyway, Indigenous people have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas and reports, commissions, public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words, honor the treaties, listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus, 
uh, if they are cutting violence prevention programs, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of rights for immigrants, uh, migrants, and those with disabilities, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, the violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice. Here in Alberta, Kenny created 113 pathways to justice, so all the blue voters should be holding our blue MLAs to account on it. You can also, um, the Premier, claim to have a council on missing and murdered Indigenous women. We have yet to see any positive moment or momentum there. Um, municipally, we have the White Goose Flying Report. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in every aspect of society with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand changes from your, your friends, your neighbors, your um, your businesses, like it, it's incredible to me that anybody who works for these organizations that are pulling pride product, uh, products would be like, well, it's a okay with me. I, I will not understand this. If they don't understand, if your politicians don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, they have zero business running. Uh, this should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, and sports clubs. There's also, you can just Google uh, how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies, and you'll actually see multiple uh, articles on that. Stephanie Harp and I did an emergency podcast to try to talk about some of these issues around Christmas time. Sign up for aboriginalalert.ca. You can also go to Missing Children's Society of Canada. They have an app you can download. Um, there's a, a, a statement from the Women's Home... How, the, 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 there's a statement from the womenshomelessness.ca um, called the Demand for Urgent Action to Protect the Lives of Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Yeah, right? For folks for to do this work. I can't believe we're having this conversation. Um, we just released yesterday some new stats about the opioid crisis that's happening here. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there's so much stigma. I recently have a, a Indigenous sister I really respect almost recoil when I offered her Narcan because she said she didn't know much about it. And I was so disappointed because, you know, here we're, we're trying to fight addictions and trying to fight for our lives. And the new stats show we're dying. We're dying everywhere. So if you don't, if you think that this somehow doesn't affect you, you're wrong. And I highly recommend you start understanding what this drug crisis is about because it's killing our elders, it's killing our children, and it's killing adults, it's killing everyone. So anyway, don't use alone if you are using. You can create a plan with the National Overdose Supports or Response Service at 1-888-688-NORS. They also have uh, Doors, a Brave, and a Lifeguard app you can also download to try to create a better uh, safety plan. But ultimately, don't use alone. And whoever is with you, make sure they have Narcan or uh, naloxone with them so that when you quit breathing, you have somebody to revive you. Uh, if you're experiencing emotional distress, after anything I talked about today, 
and need to talk, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope uh, Wellness Helpline at 855-242-3310. You can go for to hopeforwellness.ca's website and they have a text box. And if more re related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit, you can go to 844-413-6649. And if you're non-Indigenous, you can also call the distress centers in your line or in your area. Usually there's a functioning line. Uh, you can also call 211 in a lot of cases or 833-456-4566. And you can also text at 4566. <coughs> excuse me you can also text at 45645 and they also have a website crisisservicescanada.ca uh, 60 scoop society uh, indigenous society of alberta is ssisa.ca um, the indian residential school survivors and family hotline is 866-925-4419 kids help phone 1-800-668-6868 and the youth Native New Youth Crisis Hotline is 877-209-1266. Uh, Trevor Project has tons of resources for 2SLGBTQ in crisis. You can go to lifevoice.ca or you can call the Trans Lifeline at 877-330-6366 or the uh, Youth Trevor Project line is 866-844-7386. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous has faced it. Every indi Indigenous generation and person has faced it. This is self-care, how I take my power back. It's why I started the podcast, to speak freely without interruption, tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure want to tell us theirs, even if they know nothing about us, colonialism, the constant surveillance of our people and our rights and our protests. Um, I and many... Other people share microaggressions daily, so it's just unacceptable. Like the information is out there. Learn about being trauma informed. Folks like me are dealing with internalized racism, gatekeeping, folks who live off the status quo, and internal and external racism has become an everyday reality for me and and folks who are considered equity seeking. Um, I do want to say masicho to my ancestors, to my granny, to my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for being uh, teaching me to be strong and blunt. Uh, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family. Uh, it's through her. I'm a second generation Calgarian. Anyway, thank you to my husband, Darcy. On top of being my husband, childhood friend, father of our child, and support down my journey of the Red Road, he has witnessed decades of sexism and racism. And to our child, Thunderpipe Necklace Woman, we are honored you chose us we you give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person I just hope one day that my family will be proud of us trying to talk about these present day issues in a way that they can understand down the road my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Uh, thank you, previous donors, for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or your questions. I also have a YouTube channel. You can go and subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts. And if you want me to come speak, you can also go there. Uh, I also want to say thank you to all of the folks who have 
given me, whether it's a dollar or more over the course of the years that we've had this podcast. I, I never know how much longer it's going to go. We have an anniversary coming up and, uh, you know, the lack of, of funding and the, the hate and the targeted hate against activists is really starting to affect my soul. So I just want to say thank you for folks who have tried to uh, intervene in a positive, constructive way. And I hope that maybe after listening to Matt and I a little bit, you understand that sometimes you're problematic and that maybe you have more work to do for anti-racism and Indigenous education and being more to us LGBTQ plus friendly and understanding the incredible amount of abuse that Matt and I have had to put up with in order to be here today, to be having a podcast. Anyway, I do want to end with a uh, side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond or yet be in my dish. And let me tell you, my new dog, Hugo, sure wants to get you. So thanks folks for listening. Always appreciated.